Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Greetings, listeners. Thank you for joining us again. You are so lazy what? with your introduction. And when I do it, I'm here trying to bring fun and joy to the show. Oh, and let me know when that happens. Like a fucking news room. Good evening and welcome to We Watched the Thing. I know what my people want. Are you telling me you didn't have fun with Allo, Allo, Allo? I almost cut that. <laughs> you did. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> well, <laughs> who, who are we to say? So uh, anyway. We'll let the listeners decide on that. Um, Topher and Billy are here with you as per usual, but we also have, uh, I was going to say friend of the podcast, but really part of the We Watched the Thing family. Um, I don't know how this person would think of themselves, really. Um, I'd have thought maybe my sister, but she probably thinks more along the lines of Billy's friend. Or third wheel in Billy's marriage. <laughs> yeah, my wife's best friend, Topher's sister, Beth. What are you doing here? Uh, I think I was invited for this particular episode to uh, lend some uh, charisma, insight, and feminist ranting, I suspect. <laughs> I can't imagine people haven't had enough of the male gaze in, in podcasts. <laughs> that's right. We'd, we'd be the only podcast with just two white guys, wouldn't we? I thought we? we were the only one. Aren't oh. we the, that's our tagline, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, it is. <laughs> well, we're all, all three of us here are gathered round, crammed into the usual studio. We don't have a studio. No. Um, <laughs> to talk about the new rom-com I don't know. What, how I would, are we? I would say teen movie. Teen movie, but raunchy. even though, but in mo- fact, on Wikipedia, it's described as a sex movie. Right, teenage sex movie is what. But we spend more time as. with the parents than the teenagers in blockers. Blockers. So, who had seen the trailer for this film when they saw it? Dude, the trailer looked bad, bad, bad. Real which bad. I think is why we invited. Beth on because we were like, oh man, Beth will hate this. Let's make her watch something. <laughs> I actually, I think the day I went to see it, you texted me, Billy, and asked you what I was going to see that day. And I said, I think I was going to see Love Simon because I'd seen the trailer for Blockers and that I found it irritatingly funny. And I was irritated because I'd suspected this movie based on the trailer would never be made about blocking the sexual agency of teenage sons. And therefore, I was not going to see it on protest. But I was then disabused of that by someone else who had seen it, and so I took a leap of faith. So this film is quietly more progressive than you'd think. Yeah, I'd say that. Because, I mean, it comes up in the movie. So what's the, what's the movie about? All Someone right, tell us. So Block is directed by Kay Cannon, and this is her directorial debut. She's previously known for writing the Pitch Perfect movies and as a staff writer on 30 Rock. Uh, and it's, but not written by her, written by five dudes, written by Brian Coey, Jim Coey, John Hurwitz, Hayden Schlossberg, and even Russell. Writing by committee, normally one of our things that yes. screams quality. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it stars Leslie Mann, John Cena, Ike Barinholtz, Catherine Newton, Geraldine Viswanathan, and Gideon Adlin. Uh, Gideon's a great name. Gideon's pretty cool. Yeah. Does anyone else think when she took her glasses off, she looked a lot like Alicia Vikander? No. <laughs> Didn't strike I'm going to show you all a photo later and you'll see what I mean. Oh, right. <laughs> We're talking about- Sam, yes. Yeah, yeah I've, got, I've got none of their names committed yeah, to memory. actually, that's- a, None yeah, of I them. Don't... Oh, wait, 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 wait. Um, Wacky Dad is Hunter. Yes. Nailed yes. it. Yes, he is. <laughs> all right, so what's, what's the story about? So, it's a team co- teen comedy, so prom night, mm-hmm. and much as we're used to seeing- Teenage boys set about losing their virginity on prom night. We saw it with American Pie. In this case, we have three teenage girls who form a hashtag sex pact. Yes. Their parents decide they're going to put a stop to this. Well, actually, no. Two of them decide they're going to put a stop to this. And one of them's like, I'm going to come and mess with your shit. Yeah, at first. 
at first. At first. And actually, he's one of the coolest characters in the film because he doesn't want to block his daughter's virginity. His whole thing is that he believes she's a lesbian and he doesn't want her being persuaded into something that's going to make her uncomfortable, yeah. basically. And that was actually cool. Yeah, there's a bunch about the character of Hunter that makes sense and that I'm like, yeah, you're all right. But unfortunately, I was constantly still just like, yeah, but I don't like you at all. <laughs> <laughs> you're a total irrit. I mean, we're getting a bit ahead here, but what did you guys think of his kind of redemption scene? Oh, uh, it was pretty convenient and I was, yeah, I didn't care. He was basically the whole, I mean, the whole movie he's been accused of having an affair and then he basically tells his side of the kind of sob story. Everything he says is reasonable. Yeah. He's like, you know, you guys have no idea what was actually going down, blah, blah, and it's all like fair enough. But in the same token, I was like, yeah, you're still annoying me. I actually thought that the sort of pivotal moment in his redemption story was a scene at the end where he is the person who Sam, his daughter, is the first one to come out to. Um, and even though I found that slightly unconvincing and very convenient, that he would be the person she would choose to do it with, seeing as though she probably feels as though he has abandoned her for most of her life, um, that that was the moment that really kind of, you know, culminated in him being the dad and having redeemed himself and being this trustworthy person she could come to. Yeah, I'm, I, I agree with that. It, that is his best moment. But also I was the same watching and I was like, there's no way she tells you right now. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. It's nice though. It's a nice scene. I mean, I, I don't believe that she would, I mean, not only like tell him rather than her mum or so, I don't believe that she would tell him before her friends. Nothing about her friendship with them leads me to believe that she would be afraid about coming out to them like is kind of shown in the movie. But I guess I'm not a teenage girl. So have I mentioned? I can't remember. My memory's pretty ordinary. Have I? Have we talked about yet the split in screen time between the parents and the kids? No. No. Okay. Because it's more with the parents than the kids. Mm. Yeah, probably. Which I think yeah. is a shame because the students are awesome. The, I mean, they, I think the whole cast is good. Like, I adore Leslie Mann so much. She is just a perfect woman. Like, I, am, I, am, I, am, I am all about Leslie Mann. <laughs> And I think John Cena's wonderful too. But yes, the girls are very, very good. They're fantastic. The like best on ground for me is the girl that plays John Cena's daughter. Yeah, right. Yeah. She was she was pretty great. She is fantastic. And Australian, is that right? Friend of the podcast. <laughs> good on you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> She's awesome. Yeah, She's she great. is awesome. Yeah, I liked her a lot. I mean, she's the kind of, um, in a movie where stereotypes for me were still very strong, I mean, they really sort of hold to those kind of teen stereotypes that are kind of documented very well in movies like Mean Girls and 10 Things I Hate About You, where you can kind of go around the room and pinpoint who each of them are. You know, there's the jock, there's prom king and queen, which is pretty much could have been um, Julie's character and her boyfriend, Austin. Um, but Kayla, who we're talking about here, is kind of like that real jock character but they've just done a bit of a gender reverse yeah she was great though she was cool and actually my favorite character in the entire movie is her date connor Connor (laughs) the chef Chef. he is fucking awesome it was like i know that kid (laughs) 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 that's the thing everyone knows that kid they really stuck within those sort of specific stereotypes with the long like honestly that's what i looked like in high school was that kid (laughs) (laughs) he was he was just awesome (laughs) young billy known drug dealer (laughs) but then there's there's a couple of nice little flips in there because you do have these characters pegged into all these characters you've seen so many times in in these films but then you know late on in the film when what's the name of leslie mann's daughter's character julie when julie has told her or her mum's found out what 
college she applied to. And her mum's going it off her and saying, you know, you're following this boy and blah, blah, blah. And Julie says, did it ever occur to you that he's following me? And I had to kind of, I did the same thing Julie's mum did. Yeah. You got I, to check yourself. I you did, got to check your privilege, bitch. I did have to check myself. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, yeah, I did I did that thing. I was like, pretty girl following the boy. Yeah. And she I mean, was like, screw you, mum. Yeah. And I was like, oh, screw you, Topher. I mean, it's true that even the whole concept of the film, like you were saying, Beth, about how you thought that there would be this kind of double standard in the film about daughters' virginities but not sons. But there's a reason that that- because that is still, with parents, a very real thing. I mean, for me, the movie does um, it does go against what, what the trailer suggested. It wasn't as um, cliched as I was expecting it to be. Um, but I do think ultimately it thinks it's a bit more evolved than it is in reality. I mean, I think I think it fooled people to a degree. For example, I'm going to read a bit from from an Empire review. So the Empire review for it starts by saying movies dealing with teenage sexuality tend to be, unless they're made by by Larry Clark, pretty conservative. Mainstream comedies, especially for all their nudging and winking and supposed debauchery, usually end with the message that losing one's virginity, particularly for girls, is a sacred act only to be done in a loving relationship after much conversation and lighting of candles. It's to Blocker's great credit that it lightens the hell up, which suggests that actually it's much more evolved than it is because in reality. The only person who ends up losing her virginity does it in the exact circumstance that Empire has just suggested. And so the movie, I think, really tries to present itself as very evolved and very enlightened and about female empowerment and sexuality. But but it kind of is a bit duplicitous in that way because it, it likes to say on the one hand that it is, but it doesn't actually, it gives itself the luxury of not ever actually taking it that far. I think it's implied that Sam probably loses her virginity that night. I think it's implied that she really up you reckon yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, thought they, I thought they just danced. Yeah, no way they go fuck. You don't think that's implied? No, no. not for me. I mean, for me, ultimately, so Kayla is obviously the one that they that um, that they're pushing in terms of she's going to be the one who's ultimately um, the the outlier of the general, you know, um, female stereotype, and that she's only going to do it with this romantic, you know, situation with this boy that she loves. Um, but but when it comes down to it, she's the one who ultimately says no. Um, and at the end of the day, that's the most that is the most important thing for teenage boys to see on a screen that that the girl says no, that no is respected. But, but you would have liked to see her do it anyway. Well, it was just interesting to see that they 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 push that consent line, which is which is paramount. They push that consent line with Sam's character. She is in bed with the guy. She decides, actually, I can't go through with this. I'm actually interested in girls. It says no, and then it stops. So they've kind of pursued that line of inquiry with her already. They don't pursue the line, which in 99 out of 100 cases with boys would be pursued in a separate movie in which the jock ends up having sex. And with her, they've decided to stop it. I don't know. That's, that's not how it, I read it at oh, all. Oh, interesting. Maybe it's just because I thought Connor was such an awesome bloke. This podcast is just 90% me talking about what an awesome guy he is. I mean, I, that's I an know. interesting right point, though, because they seem much more happy for her to partake in very risking drug-taking behaviour. I mean, that guy, Connor, like there's another 
character in the movie who says at one point, he almost killed me one time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're much more happy for her to engage in super risky behaviour with him in terms of drug taking, but God forbid Oh, who do you think was happy with it? Do you mean the filmmakers? You don't mean the parents. No, 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 the filmmakers. Because when movie, John Cena heard that line, yeah, he was clearly upset The sort of meta-narrative of, of the movie is much happier to take her there as opposed to take her to a place where she's just a girl who wants to have sex for pleasure. That's true. So anyway, I mean, I I, th- I thought I was entertained by the movie, but I do think it's a bit sneaky for it to to push this line of being super progressive, where it actually really at the final moment pulls pulls right back from from going as far as it as it could have gone, and as far as I think it would have gone if the movie were about teenage boys. I'm not a teenager anymore. Shock! I know it's shocking. <laughs> like if you've only heard my voice and you're like, mate, that's clearly you know he's hip, he's with it. I'm not a teenager anymore. I don't know. A teen movie's still a thing because as far as I can remember, this is the first one we've had in a long time. Because mm. they were big in the 80s with John Hughes and then they really kind of died until American Pie kind of reinvigorated that spark in the late 90s and we got a ton of teen movies. Think about it. American Pie was 20 years ago next year. Like when It did occur to me after I walked out of Blockers, I was like- Oh, wow. Yeah. American like, Pie is old. We're not talking about a five-year-old movie. Like, mm. and d- I mean, when was the last time you watched it? Do you guys feel like it probably- You tried to make us watch it the other night, I think and I was just a hard no. <laughs> so, okay. So, so, you're not a fan of American Pie? Uh, I was certainly a fan of it at the time. I think if I watched it now, um, I don't know if it would stand up. Yeah. Like, he does broadcast a girl on the internet getting- Like it's not okay. It's not okay. That's like Jared Leto level (laughs) fucked up. That's like you just don't do it. (laughs) Although Blockers in Australia was released the same week as Love Simon, which I mentioned earlier, which is definitely another one of those you know in the pocket teen movies. Yeah, and actually a lot like Blockers has. I mean, the whole premise of that movie is about um, a teenage boy in high school and his struggle with coming out. Um, and the the girl who plays Sam in this movie, I know, has been approached in real life by people who have said it was so important to see that kiss at the end that she has um, with the girl who thinks she ends up having sex with. Uh, she totally does. <laughs> Filthy mind, Billy. <laughs> Angelica, I think is her name. Um, that it was so that that people would come up to her and say, "Oh, someone in my family came out after they saw that scene in your movie See, because it really empowered them." Yeah, and in fact, in the original screenplay, they were all straight. And when the director, Cannon, uh, read the screenplay, I think she she um, told the writers to make one of them gay. I wonder how much change she had over those kind of things. Yeah, I don't know how much um, I don't know how much sway you have from having written. I mean, she's written big hits, so and female-centered hits. Yeah, so she would wield a reasonable bat. The original screenplay for Blockers actually also had three dads and three straight daughters. Interesting. I d- yeah, I don't know whether it that was would have changed the dynamic a lot for me. Yeah, I don't know who whose idea it was to switch it to uh, to I, one I, mother. I, I just love Leslie Mann, but I thought she was great in this movie, and as well as that, I think her character added a lot because without her, it it would have felt a little bit more kind of male domineering over their daughters. I feel, mm. and I do really love the scene we get with John Cena's wife as well, who is arguably probably she's only in like one scene, but she has. Probably the most progressive speech of the movie, which is where she is the one who's saying, you know, how would you feel if they were sons? Uh, and yeah, I think that those two characters added a lot. I am I'm really surprised by how good John Cena is at this. Mm. Oh, dude, when when he when he when he cried, I was like, 
Yeah, that's me. That's me on screen. That that will be you too. Yeah, that will that <laughs> one will day. Be me. But just anyone crying at anything is is you. <laughs> so, <laughs> what was the last movie you guys cried in? Love Simon. Okay, I, <laughs> I the last one I cried in was Passengers. What? <laughs> what? Weeping I, for it to end. No, no, it was touching. Oh. oh. God. I was off my medication at the time, and it just it just really got to me. Oh, his betrayal got to you. Not <laughs> a good film. Oh, no. So bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> we so can't you didn't all cr- be heartless fucks. So you didn't cr- well, you could try harder. <laughs> so you didn't cry in blockers? I didn't cry in blockers, no. <laughs> but you cried at the thought of it happening to you one day, of you being John Cena one day. No, just like just how much he cared about his daughter. That I mean, that's- one hundred percent going to be me. <laughs> Wait, so you didn't cry at a certain scene towards the end of a quiet place? Which scene are you talking about? The the signing to his door. I was like, <gasps> I was like, oh, Billy is. I, d- I didn't cry in that. <laughs> wow. Did you guys? Um. Did you think it was funny? It was. I thought it was funny. It was actually funny. Yeah, I laughed quite a bit. I thought it was funnier towards the beginning. Yes, and then it falls into that trap of these sorts of movies where they keep having to get one up and chip on the previous scene. And so every scene has to become more and more ridiculous. I mean, there was one point when they're kind of, they go into Austin's house to try to find the location of the after party and his parents (laughs) playing playing this- Hide and seek or like Marco Polo. Marco Polo sex game. Um, With Vice President Bingo Bob. Bingo Bob for all you, the West Wing fans. And it it was just- Totally outrageous. Even the beer scene from the party, like as stupid and dumbass teenager as it is, John Cena makes that scene work. The, like the just butt chugging yeah, scene. just his face makes that scene work as over the top and stupid as it is. What made that work for me was the conversation where he's trying to convince Leslie Mann to do it instead because she's had children. Because <laughs> you've had a baby, <laughs> everything's yeah. looser down there. I didn't have a baby out my butt. <laughs> that just got me laughing. That's. That's Billy's type of humor. <laughs> she right? can do no wrong in your eyes. <laughs> she can, can do she? nothing wrong. Also, going back, I mean, I know that you guys are all into West Wing and whatever, but how dare you refer to Bill Lumberg as Bingo Bob? Please, that's Vice President Bob Russell. He's Bill Lumberg <laughs> from Office Space. <laughs> I'm going to need you to go ahead and refer to him as Bill Lumberg. <laughs> well, you can, <laughs> you can wish that to happen. Have you guys seen Ike Barinholtz in much else? I feel like I have, but. I know mostly from the Mindy Project, which I think you, yeah, I know I, you I haven't really watched. He plays this guy, Morgan Tukas, who's like repulsive. And if you knew him in real life, he'd make your skin He looks crawl, like a fairly Oh, he's dude. fantastic on screen, though. He's wonderful. He's wonderful as Morgan. Um, I, would, I would just watch him like reading the white pages. <laughs> uh, I enjoy that in this film we get a mention of Australian Rules Football. Yes. yes. Yeah, we did. Always like it when the Aussie rules pops up. Yeah, except when it's your team and they're getting the well, shit kicked out of them. Well, we're not very good is the problem with no. my team. Yeah, we're shit. Um, so another game that people um, will sometimes play with movies is applying these sort of feminist, you know, tests um, to the movies uh, and seeing whether or not they passed. Bechdel test? Yes. I'm glad you called it a game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, we, you and I might actually agree on this because I do think it's a pretty crude test that um, that can only tell you so much and things can fail it um, and still be worthwhile films and things can pass it with flying colours and still be outrageously sexist. Yeah, the room passes it, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, um, the Bechdel test, which actually should be referred to as the Bechdel-Wallace test, um, and the creator of it, Alison Bechdel, actually says she prefers it if it's called the Bechdel-Wallace test because she actually got the idea from a friend of hers. So basically, Alison Bechdel wrote this um, this comic strip 
uh, called Dykes to Watch Out For. And in one of the strips, um, a character says she'll only go to see a movie if it passes these three things, which is that A, it has at least two women in it. B, so those- this passes that? Yes. Flying colours? B, those two women speak to each other. Passes that? Yep. And C, they talk about something other than a man. I think it passes the test, yes. And then there are, there are a couple of other derivatives. So the best known one comes out of your guys' favourite movie, Pacific Rim. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that movie spawned the Marco Mori test, which asks whether a female character has a narrative arc that's not about supporting a man's story. And I think it also passes that test. Yeah, I'd say at least with Leslie Mann's character, if not others. That's right. So she and her daughter speak a lot about, you know, her going to college, what will happen to their, you know, obviously all-female relationship once she goes. Sam's storyline obviously is very much not about supporting a male's story arc and about, you know, coming out. So I think it does pass both of those tests. Um, As you mentioned before, it is a pretty crude barometer for whether or not a film film is sexist or, you know, is is inclusive enough. Did you guys find it a sexist movie? I didn't, but then again... I mean, I like, might not know. One of the other tests that um, people often talk about um, is the sexy lamp test. Have you guys heard about that yeah. one? Yeah. No, I haven't. So enlighten me. <laughs> so that- enlighten me, guys. Oh, so you did that. <laughs> Never coming back. Um, so that one was created by an American comic writer called Kelly Sue DeConnick, I think. And she basically says if you can replace one of your female characters with a sexy lamp, and it really has no impact on the story, then you probably need to go back and do some redrafts. This passes that. I think it does just. I mean, Julie's character doesn't really have much depth. Oh, piss off. uh, Uh, Which is a shame because I think- She's a teenage girl. Have you guys been teenage girls? <laughs> Beth is looking at me with dagger eyes. I'm I'm not pretending that I was a teenage girl, but I mean, she doesn't just talk about her boyfriend. She talks about the future, about college. She has way more aspirations than just Austin. I think it's unfair to say that you could replace her with a lamb. I mean, I just think she lacks. She sort of just fits very much in that in a pocket that you expect her to fit in. You're not going to get anything yeah, new from her. Yeah, but you know what? Some people do fit in pockets. Not everybody is. Unique. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know? true. And even if you are unique, that doesn't mean that you don't still fit in a pocket. Like, I like to think that I'm, you know, a little bit unique. When we went to a Kevin Smith show, you look out at <laughs> the audience, all you, all you see is a sea. And all you smell. Of, of over, oh, thanks, man. <laughs> all you see is just a sea of overweight dudes. Uh, Overweight dudes with beards, also white glasses. <laughs> yeah, like I don't. I think it's unfair to say that she fits in a pocket, so she's not a person and could be replaced with a lamp. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's possible that um, that I was sort of judging her against an unfair status because when so Catherine Newton, who plays Julie, she's uh, great, I don't know. By yeah, the way. if you guys saw Big Little Lies, yeah, she was yeah, so I couldn't remember where I knew that. her from. Oh, she's she was so good, and she yeah. was in fact in that show. Um, a sort of whole person who is created very well. Um, so, you know, I might just be. Yeah. I think know, she's more projecting. of a whole character in the one scene that she's in in Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri than she is in this movie. Who was she in that? She's the daughter. Oh, God. She is too. Did anyone feel like in 20 years she's not going to remember Austin's name anymore? For sure. They're not staying. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's not working out. They're breaking up like on her way to LA. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're all very gentlemanly throughout the film. If they, I, I don't get the sense that they're going to prom with these girls to get laid. Even when they're at the prom and Kayla says to Connor, you you know, we're going to have sex tonight. He's just like, we'll see what happens. We'll see where it goes. And she's like, well, I'm telling you where it's going to go. And he's like, well, 
We'll see. And I feel like measured against teenage boys, that is that is not nice horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember. And you don't even remember anyone telling you you were going to have sex Because that never happened No, it's really not on the cards (laughs) But if someone someone had said that to me the night of my We have formals here in Australia If someone had said that to me the night of formal I wouldn't have, I guarantee you, I wouldn't have been like, we'll see what happens. I'd have been like, fuck yes! <laughs> now? <laughs> Actually, I reckon I would have just dissolved into a puddle and not been able to move. Either way, I wouldn't have handled it as well as Connor. <laughs> see, but here's the other but thing. But he was though. doped up at the time. Yeah, no true. wonder. Yeah, although he seemed pretty, he seemed pretty used to that. Like, he seemed fairly oh, functional. Oh, yeah, he's one of those people that just functions yeah. high. Yeah, yeah. But here's the other thing, too, is that we're coming at this from a completely different perspective because, like you said, we don't have problems. We have formal. Also, we're 16 at that time. Like, our high school ends, like, two years. Like, these girls are 18. You didn't have a year 12 one? You didn't have year 12 formal? Dude. You and your wife were already, like, in your loop of staying at home every yeah, night watching exactly. reruns of The Office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in its first season back then. <laughs> Just had the six episodes on a loop. (laughs) (laughs) One thing I did like, I did like that the film just presented the fact that, you know what? Teenage girls are interested in sex. Yeah. Exactly. It's not just guys. Yeah. It's okay for young women to have feelings in their special places. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, totally fine. It's a thing. So I, I liked it all in all. I thought it was really funny. I've got no beef with it. You guys? Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was one of those ones where I was like, yep, I was happy to watch that. It was much funnier than I thought it was going to be. Way, way, way um, better than the trailer look. It's got a more diverse cast than we're used to seeing. It's got characters in it that we don't hear enough from. I oh, know. I'd so- love a spinoff just about Connor. <laughs> so Billy would like to get rid of all those people and have the white yeah. guy. And, and, and I would watch. I would watch a ten episode Netflix season just of Leslie Mann, just being Leslie Mann walking around the house doing whatever Leslie Mann does while her daughter's off at college. I'd watch that. Um, I really hope that the little Aussie bleeder Geraldine gets yeah, she some was, more stuff. Yeah. She she was best on ground for me. I thought she was she was fantastic. Great. Yeah, like it's. It's not a masterwork, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, I think I gave I gave it six out of ten. That sounds fair. I actually forgot to do a rating this week, but uh, I'm going with six as well. I went with five. It was, for me, it got a pass mark. It tried to do a few, a couple of new things. For me, it didn't quite get there all the time, but I laughed a lot, and it's um, it was better than what I was expecting from the trailer. Oh, so much. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Next week is the big one. What are we doing next week? We're watching every cartoon character ever. <laughs> They're all on screen at once, all 28 of them or however many there are now. I mean, this is, what, the 19th Marvel movie? I, have not, I haven't been keeping a tally. I think it's the 19th, which, I mean, feels like it might be We're talking be about Infinity War. We are talking about <laughs> Infinity War. So next, next Thursday we'll be getting to Infinity War. So hoping it's good. My expectations actually aren't that high. I'm at where I am for every Marvel movie, to be honest. I hope it's fun. Yeah. It's not going to be very good. I'm, I wouldn't I'm, have thought. My expectations are lower for this than they have been for some Marvel movies. I don't think this will be as good as Black Panther or Spider-Man Homecoming. I feel like this is going to be pretty middling. I hope it's better than Spider-Man. 
<laughs> but Billy and I don't need to have another fight about no, that. No, because you've got a wrong opinion on that. Because <laughs> Michael Keaton was fucking incredible. Oh. And you are a dick. Wait, what? Do you want to chime in on this, Ben? <laughs> no, give us your thoughts. Give us your thoughts. Look at you cowering there in the corner. Tell us about Michael Keaton give, give and how us, fucking amazing he was. Give us your thoughts on this construction worker who can then magically just create technology from alien materials. Mate, I could do that. <laughs> I, I could do I that. You give me some alien materials in a week, I'll give you a I'll give you a ray gun. I am the vulture. <laughs> <laughs> it goes without saying Marvel shits all over DC in terms of their, you know, movie generation based on the comics. I do think where Marvel falls over significantly is in relation to its villains. And since Loki, the only good one was Michael B. Jordan. Michael Other B. Jordan that. was the best one af- after Michael Keaton, I think is what you meant to say, because no. Loki is a bag of crap. So far, Loki's been good. <gasps> How very dare Loki's you. been good. Michael B. Jordan was passable. That's where we're at. <laughs> In the, that's where we're at, the MCU. Well, anyway, we'll find out, we'll find out if Infinity War Who is Who is the bad guy in Infinity War? Thanos. Thanos, man. Oh, Jesus. The big bad. Yeah, with his infinity gauntlet. Except that no one who's like, I, I'm not a comic book reader, so I have no idea who Thanos is. It's not like going into the Dark Knight where it's like, sweet, we get the Joker. Like, Thanos means nothing to anyone. Yeah, but Marvel have actually shown that as a strength. No one knew anything about the Guardians of the Galaxy before Iron, that film. No one knew who Iron Man was. No, exactly. They've really, really pulled from their B characters. Yeah, yeah well, I wonder if their B villains will continue on. <laughs> Eat a dick. <laughs> and we'll catch you next week, everybody. And in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchathing.com or wewatchathing at gmail.com. If you want to tell us uh, how great Michael Keaton was, then then write into us, please. You can find us on Facebook. We would love to hear from Michael Keaton. <laughs> uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at wewatchathing. Thanks for joining us, Beth. Thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. And happy movie watching. <laughs>